I want to speak to you about the three qualities of the gunas in existence as per the Vedic texts and how it relates to Vedic astrology and the houses and the quality of the houses that it embodies each house. So the three qualities in existence and this relates to our personally to human beings as the qualities of our thoughts, the qualities of our emotions, the quality of our personalities the qualities of the food and drink we eat it carries through creation it's not just one thing it affects all energies it affects all consciousness it affects everything and it even affects the food and type of food and drink we have so even ayurveda takes these three forces into consideration what are you trying to balance in the body are these three energies even the Godhead, which is the in Hindu, the Brahma, the Vishnu and the Shiva are these three aspects. So let's see what those aspects are just from a quality point of view. Because if we examine from a quality point of view, then we get a better understanding in terms of astrology and the energies that each of the houses, house number 1 through 12, carries in our charts. So what are these qualities? Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Sattva stands for conceptual level or the idea level of things. It stands for balance, it stands for harmony, it stands for goodness and purity. Now this goodness and purity is relatable only as a conceptual form. The higher vibration, the highest vibration of a thing is the sattvic form of it. So it is constructive creativity. It seeks higher awareness, higher vibration of all kinds of things. So this is the seeking point which all of us human beings aspire to. A higher awareness, a higher consciousness, a higher emotional value, a higher mind, a higher heart and so on and so forth. We can take it to any level as you get my drift. Second one is Rajas. Rajas is movement. Constant oscillatory movement is Rajas which stands for passion, it translates as passion, it translates as activity, movement. It also stands for individuation, like the Uranus energy. I'm trying to relate here to astrological parts, okay? So it stands like Mercury, it stands like Venus, it stands like Uranus, it stands like um, Pluto, right? Or Mars even. So it wants to move, 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 move things around, move the energies around, move things in physicality, in every dimension really and the last one being tamas or inactivity materialization of things making things concrete brick and concrete things of this universe so it stands for inactivity it stands for inertia because anything material wants to sit in one place right the newton's law of motion kind of thing it wants to remain in a state of rest inertia grounding in terms of personality it can be selfish as ego means egotistical people right in terms of human nature in terms of personalities like i me myself what can i get for myself out of this whole thing always looking for deals like that the extreme version can be narcissism so but basically the tamasic energy is materialistic it's physical it's wanting to make things solid understand it in absolute sense like that one so starting from the top again sattva 
is idea or concept level rajas is movement or passion level activity level then the third one tamas is material level or the stationary level the inertial level of things now i have put three arrows there as you can see the arrows are constantly moving between the three energies sattva rajas tamas are constantly in a state of dynamic balance in the creation in the universe in all dimensions of existence it's like constantly moving around all the elements are present in all of us understand this very very clearly it's not that you just keep seeking sattva and become sattvic as is popularly want to be told even in india that's a misconception folks if you read the upanishads it is all three of them present in everything all the time that's the way the creation is built it's a triangular kind of balance balance of the three forces all the time okay everywhere so understand this as gunas or the qualities of existence now we come to the four ways of seeking that we humans indulge in we all are seeking for something other or the other in different aspects of our life we are seeking something in thought we are seeking some feeling we are seeking some kind of a physical actualization of things in our life we are seeking something all of the other time now the ancients in india the the rishis and the ones who wrote the vedic literature and the upanishads and so on and so forth they classified them into four basic types of seeking this is my interpretation folks take it for what is worth you can do your own googling you can take what resonates with you here okay i am translating in a way in which i have understood so dharma actually means you are seeking meaning and you are seeking the conceptual value of whatever it is that you are looking for it may be a thought it may be an emotion it may be a task it may be people relationships business jobs it may be any area now i am talking with respect to astrology also here as an overlap next one is artha artha is taken in sanskrit to be these are all sanskrit words obviously artha is literally taken as meaning but actually artha means seeking the means and the tools for accomplishing tasks so it's a level of grounding as an example i can say dharma means let's say i want to have a piece of cake make a piece of cake and eat it artha means what do i need for making that cake you get the import of this so artha is seeking means and the tools for accomplishing what that dharma that i am seeking that is the artha it's a sanskrit word seeking means is artha next one on the list is as you can see kama kama means seeking desire and fulfillment the emotional center so kama means seeking desire okay and last one moksha is seeking liberation from meanings and desires so whatever you have been seeking and doing in dharma artha and kama parts of seeking you let go of all of those 
because every meaning every thought form every emotional form is just a construct for the soul to have an experience i'm just strictly speaking as per upanishads and vedas here the vedic texts say all that the soul desires is expansion and experience all embodied consciousness or human bodies that have ever been there are all seeking this in their own individual ways so they go through these phases dharma artha kama and moksha first seeking meaning and concept and next artha seeking means and tools to accomplish that kama means now you are seeking desire and fulfillment out of those that means you thought i will eat a cake artha means you went and got the things that you need to make a cake kama means you are actually eating the cake moksha means you are done with the cake see the stages i'm just putting it in very very simple terms here so it's not too complicated or abstract now in the next one we will see how these relate to the 12 houses of vedic astrology now let's talk about the house meanings and what they mean to each other from my take on vedic astrology perspective and what i have seen so the blue shaded portion are called the kendras or the foundations of a person's life this diamond big diamond in the center is the kendra house or the foundational house everything that happens within the blue house affects the person singularly as in it shakes the very foundations of their self and their sense of self and what they are to do in the world it's very predominant aspect <coughs> and the ones outside the diamond all are something that are added on to you as talents or removed from you as gains and losses or acquisitions and losses okay so these are called the konas or trikonas or triangles because they are all triangular shaped okay right so the first house stands for self which is your head right the sense of self first house is the sense of self the second house is your family your sense of stability of life your earned wealth it also stands for the family you were born in or the family you will create it also stands for earned wealth when you will earn it when you will become a working professional of some kind or a businessman of some kind the third house stands for skills your ability as skills communication short travels your sense of individuality how you stand apart the first sense of individuality and expenses for self means what you expend on yourself to cultivate all of this go on short travels cultivate your individuality your communication skill your social media your abilities in all kinds of physical attributes third house also stands for arms what you do with your arms your hands okay the fourth house now we come into the foundational part again stands for mother your heart energy what resides in your fourth house resides in your heart pretty much okay it also stands for house real estate whatever you want to buy as real estate cars your sense of stable things which you call home it also stands for home 
The fifth house is the house of creativity, your creative center. Your sense of self as in who are you personally? What is your creative self all about? What are your loves? What are your desires as in romantic love and desires? It also stands for children. The outcome of love as children, as procreation. It also stands for gain as personal wealth. Your personal sense of wealth is derived from the fifth house, your gut. It also stands for your stomach, by the way, the fifth house. <clears throat> the sixth house is for daily grind. It's a daily work. It stands for small illnesses. You're working for self here, your daily routines. What you do work for yourself. It also stands for whatever you do in the waking hours when you're awake from morning till sleep your known enemies whom you know in the world as your enemies it also stands for small illnesses cold cough fever that kind of a thing it also stands for energy expense on self what you gain as personal wealth is expended here okay that's the sixth house the seventh house is the house of spouse, is the house of romantic relationships, it's the house of the other, it's the house of all others and what you bring to others, legal contracts, business partnerships, what ties and binds you have with the external world and even from your own marriage, okay, it all external ties is the other self, it's the seventh house. This is where your journey begins in the external world. Your eighth house stands for other's family, as in if you get married here, the eighth house is your in-laws, right? So other people's family as your spouse's family or your in-laws. It stands for instability of life as opposed to second house, which is your stability sense of life. Every one of us has got a stable part of life and an unstable part of life. So eighth house stands for instability. Eighth house also stands for others' wealth, what you inherit, maybe from your in-laws, maybe from your wife's side or husband's side. That's the eighth house. Eighth house also stands for the sexual organs area, by the way. So it's everything gained from your spouse, which you take into the eighth house, is here you get married, here you indulge yourself in the marital acts, so to speak. Ninth house stands for life philosophy. What you develop through maturing years as your life philosophy, right from the times you are a young adult, teenager, and going on right up till ripe old age. You keep changing your life philosophy as you gain life experiences. So this stands for that. Your personal life philosophy, not philosophy as the general world philosophy, okay? What it means to you. It also stands for foreign travels. For example, Third house is short travels in and around your city. Ninth house is for foreign travels where you go abroad, okay, with respect to your native house. It stands for worldview as opposed to your individuality in the third house. So as you can see, opposite houses have opposite qualities. You will see it everywhere. You can compare second and eighth, first and seventh, fourth and tenth. So it stands for worldview. What is your view of the world? Are you cross-cultural? Are you liber libertarian or you're a conservative kind of a person? Are you more local or are you more worldview kind of a person? What is your worldview? What's your view of the world? Put it simply. 
and what you expend for others in the form of your wisdom knowledge money everything this is where even ninth house stands in a person for the children's higher education your higher education so that requires some money to spend so that's expenses for others then we come to the foundational house once again the kendra house is the 10th house 10th house stands for father or the head okay it also stands for career it also stands for job business what you do in the external world typically the father here is more like a archetype this mother is an archetype father is an archetype it can mean anything so the father as a head here okay it also stands for the head what you do with your mind as in head this is the sense of self as in the head 11th house is the opposite of the 5th house where you are exploring creativity in the 5th house you are giving away that creativity to the community 11th house is all about greater community of the world it can also stand for social media these days because the greater community what is your sense of community what is your sense of fulfillment of love and desires here you make loves and desires for yourself there you actually fulfill it or not whichever depending upon how your chart is this is what you gain wealth from others here is your personal wealth as your gifts and talents and education and all the rest of it your loves and desires this is your personal sense of wealth here is what you gain from the world so it's more or less like money money fame everything that you gain from the world depends upon what you're putting out from 5th house to 11th house okay 12th house the final one stands for service to others let's compare it with the 6th house working for self in the 6th house and bringing it as service to others in the self in the 12th house so it also stands for sleeping hours as opposed to waking hours in the 6th house it stands for hidden enemies as opposed to known enemies you know who your enemies are in the 6th house you don't know who your enemies are in the 12th house so depending upon how strong or weak these houses are some people have more hidden enemies which they say oh i never know he knew he or she is my enemy or they did such and such a thing to me it can be even in the family so those are the hidden enemies it also stands for chronic illnesses as opposed to small illnesses the blood pressure the diabetes all these kind of chronic illnesses are in the 12th house ones which require hospitalization 12th house also stands for hospitalization and energy expense towards others all these things requires you expending your energy towards others it also is sleeping hours psychic dreams spirituality all the rest of it that's the 12th house now as an end note i want you to remember this and i also want you to see this particular aspect the way i see it this is the higher aspect of what goes on in every single chart I want you to have this image in mind. I want you to revisit this particular part of every presentation that I'm going to include because you will need this going forward. As I see it, this is the vertical split in every chart. The left half is feminine. It's intuitive. It goes inwards. Everything you cultivate towards self. The right half is the masculine. It is creative as opposed to intuitive. It goes outwards. and it goes towards others the rest of the world everything that goes on in this half of the chart is towards the external world everything that goes on in this half of the world 
is your internal world what you do for self okay this will play out in every single part in fact it plays out even in as left and right side of our body a body if you want to go down the tantric yoga system the kundalini is right in the center of us it's right along this axis the left half is feminine and the right half is masculine it's even in tantra yoga okay so i'll leave you with this much and i want you to have this whole slide and image in mind as we move towards each and every ascendant okay i will discover um i will bring forth my own intuitive knowledge understanding and how i have seen perceived according to vedic knowledge and study of other texts as well not just astrology of different ascendants and how they play out in each of the ascendants so you might need to revisit this at that time okay now we come to the gemini ascendant people the mithuna lagna so gemini ascendant people in the first house they have rajasic energy which is constantly moving they have lots of passions and kama and desires passions and desires combination so they are asking the question the what third house stands for discovery of skills desires and communication so they are constantly wanting to improve this throughout their life because this is the kendra house remember the blue shaded houses are kendra houses in the second house they have satva and moksha the first for what point they are asking right in the second house right after they are born in the initial years they are asking what am i doing all this for this is the driving question for them even in their family life with their birth family or the family that they create later in life after marriage and so on <clears throat> that's the first moksha point so gemini ascendant people need to ask themselves the question for what am i doing all of this they need to seek that connection with the heart with the family with their elder siblings if they have one because second house also stands for elder siblings their connection with elder siblings their connection with family they need to ask and answer all these questions truthfully from their heart in the third house Gemini ascendants have sattva and dharma meaning they are asking again the questions the why and the how third house stands for skills and communication so they are using creative intelligence here and their education for asking the discovery of skills see how the th- first house and the third house are closely linked in every ascendant even in the other ascendants it's the same pattern we see so satva and dharma they need to use their creativity and their intelligence and their education as their skill set because third house is for skill sets it's for communication so whatever they are asking desiring in their minds in their head they need to fulfill it through their education and they need to improvise their skills throughout their life in the fourth house the gemini ascendant has tamas and arthad meaning tamas meaning you have to ground it whatever the energies and questions you have asked in the first three houses you need to first ground it here and grounded tamas and artha means you have to find the means the home is becomes their ways of finding their meaning 
heart is where they discover their means and meaning to accomplish they answer the questions the what and the where the work and the routines for self the virgo comes in their fourth house so here they are trying to discover what means do they have at hand what tools do they have at hand how to accomplish whatever needs to accomplish so the gemini ascendant should be really comfortable working from home in that respect <clears throat> in the fifth house the gemini ascendant have rajas and kama so the energy that moves in desire rajas is energy that moves kama is fulfillment of desires so here they are fulfilling the answer to the question the who fulfilling the need for connection and companion this fifth house also stands for love and romance so gemini people are better off finding connections in their when they are getting educated when they are having their creative skills match the creative skills of themselves because the connection is made very strongly libra is the connection for the other that right there gives a hint that's what they are trying to fulfill through their creativity rajas and kama is very strong in the need for connection in the 6th house they have tamas and moksha the, the second moksha point after the second house comes for them in the 6th house so their work becomes their liberating point or even small illnesses or even their enemies that's the 6th house remember the 6th house you can rewind this video and see that if you want <clears throat> so the tamas and moksha point they need to ground their liberation the for what answered asked the second time first time you asked with your family now you are asking with your work finding the core of your desires is the scorpio the eighth sign which is happening in the 6th house for them in the 7th house of spouse they have sattva and dharma the gemini ascendant people so they are answering the questions the what and the where and the who through their spouse they are seeking higher meaning on what it means to have a spouse what is the higher meaning what is the philosophy and wisdom for me in my life they can gain that from their spouse if they have a spouse a love interest or a business partnership this will answer their fundamental questions of higher wisdom and philosophy for them through life in the 8th house of secrets secretive desires they have rajas and artha so they are asking the questions the how what and where the career job and business so for gemini ascendants they will be finding the means and the responsibilities and how they have to carry out the job and business through variations of life because eight house stands for lots of variations there will lots of change of career change of jobs change of everything because it is rajas it's constantly moving and it is a means here in the ninth house these people have sattva and kama the purest form of desire 11th house the aquarius so here they answer the question for what in the form of fulfillment so they'll get fulfillment gemini in the earth by gains and connections through wisdom and philosophy this will answer their question of connections in the 5th house where they are seeking companionship and connection 
that is answered for them in the ninth house. Whatever Gemini asks in the fifth house will be answered in the ninth house. In the tenth house, they have tamas and moksha, meaning they need to ground their liberation point. This is the third and the final moksha point for Gemini, which happens in their career. Why me? They can embrace this by embracing the liberation from their ego. If Gemini Ascendant chooses to work without too much of ego, they will find a great liberation in that. Okay. This what questions they asked in the second house, the for what is finally answered in your career, your business. In the 11th house of social networks, connection and community, they have Rajas and Dharma. So the energy is still moving here. So in this one, they find the results of their career. This answers the fundamental question, the why for them. Once they get liberated from their ego and do it, do their work in the world in a more free way, without too much of ego hassles, okay? Then they will find the answer to their why. What is my path, purpose and direction in life for myself? They will find it in the community because this is Rajas and Dharma house, the Aries, the beginning. This is where they make new beginnings. In the 12th house, they have Rajas and Artha, meaning the how. They are answering in the house of spirituality and giving service to others. They need to find the answer to how. How do I recognize my resources and abilities? How do I give this back? The why has been finally answered. Now I need to give this back to the society. This is where Geminis will find their spiritual enlightenment. Okay, Keep watching for the other ascendants.